This is Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap, and you are in store for a treat. What you're about to listen to was recorded live on video. And while I was doing that, I was seeing myself on the monitor. I've been trying to do this for a while, and it was unsuccessful until this incarnation. Seeing myself as I recorded gave me a level of self-reflection that I could never have guessed at. I watched the show last night and I was blown away at what came out. There's a raw honesty that is kind of astounding. I have not edited it because I want you to hear it in its raw form. This is episode 00, season 5. The reason it's numbered that way is that going forward, after this episode you're about to hear, we will be diving into the previous show. So episode one of Psychotherapy recorded in 2019. We're going to see where I was, what I expected, what I thought about what would happen in my life, and where that deviated, good, bad, and ugly. It'll be like a conversation with myself from the past. And that's pretty cool. I've never heard anything like this. The video will be available on jetdownlap.com, probably Facebook, definitely YouTube, and Instagram. I recommend you watch it. If you can this episode, I'd even do that. Because there's a remarkable quality to it that I felt detached from when I viewed it. And I was blown away. I talk about my struggles, my successes, and what this last year was. But it's pretty amazing. And here it is, psychotherapy live on video without any edit. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to Psychotherapy. This is the video format if you're watching this on Instagram or Facebook Live. And uh, if not, you are hearing this on uh, whatever podcasts are available. Real quick for those of you viewers who uh, can see, which would mean you're a viewer, this is my dog. She is scratching like crazy at her bed just because I started recording and that ticks her off and she wants to see if she can destroy my show. You can hear her, it sounds like she's DJing. Okay, let's get this position, there we go. So I am attempting to bring a visual component to the show because that is something that people talked about when psychotherapy was just an audio program. The reason this is zero zero. Come on, Falcor, for the love of God, stop it. She's mad because I won't put her on my lap, but I don't want that distraction. Now she's just staring daggers at me. Is this good video audio? It's episode zero zero because I am going to do a new thing. I'm going to attempt to do a new thing. There was a point in the previous incarnation of the show, the first 133, where I said I would tackle an issue every week and it would be something from a book that I wrote, The Human OS, back in 2012. Well, I think this is better. I'm going to go through the previous episodes of Psychotherapy, and I'm going to discuss them to see how four years ago Jet did compared to Jet now, and discuss the differences and similarities. Moreover, I want to talk about where I was very wrong, where it's better, where it's a lot better than I thought it would be, 
or where it's not as quick as I thought it would be. So that will be the topic of the show. Zero Zero is just preparing you guys for that. If you're here for the first time, here's the deal. We are motivational, but not because we want to be. We are motivational because I decide to keep going every single day. I work in film and television. I had my best year ever of that as far as success. Um, that doesn't coincide with finance. But the things I wanted to achieve in episode one four years ago, I am achieving without ever expecting to get this successful. However, in the moment, don't feel that way. <laughs> That's, our, that's how our brain works, you know. We get used to this homeostasis. We get used to this equilibrium. And then the, the amazing accomplishments that would be so easy to observe if it happened in a time travel capacity. So here I am four years ago, 2019. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. It's not actually true. Nervous. The first thing I say is something like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know how to do this. I talk about my problems. Say something like, I'm sad. If I could have that guy watch this and see my office, what you're looking at back there, see what I've accomplished here, what we have done. Getting my degree, graduating top of my class, having a film that was in movie theaters that I wrote and directed. That would be very impressive. But in the moment, I'm thinking about the projects that I still owe, that I've been working on for a year, two movies that are supposed to come out this end of the year. I guess supposed to doesn't mean anything because I'm the only guy who does it. But I would have liked to have had out this year. The editing has taken longer. When I can, I always go back to the film and improve. So I see deficits. I am concerned currently, the future jet, the guy who exists in this moment, with the fact that although this was my most successful Film and television year. Let's just say film. I didn't do any TV. This is my most successful year in my life for writing, directing, and having my movie in a theater. It is also my least successful financial year of my adult life. When you ask for something, those guys who are, or gals who are very famous, they say, be careful what you wish for. They're not talking about the poverty. They're not talking about the, uh, and I'm not broke. I have money. I've saved for occasions like this. They're talking about something else. When I say, I won't say be careful what you wish for. I think that's a cliche. I don't think that those people remember what it was like before they had their wish. I am happier now than I was when I started the show because I have accomplished the things that I always wanted to. I am not an Oscar winning director. I do not own a successful studio. I own a studio, New Vintage Studios. It used to be films, but New Vintage Studios. I am not anywhere near where I want to be. You know, you say things like that, and it's bullshit. I don't know where I am. That's the truth. I'm further than I've ever been in the 20 years I've been pursuing this business. And that's got to be worth something. I have to say things like that's got to be worth something. Because it's so hard to gauge the map of your life when you're on it. And that's not just a metaphor. I do backpacking all the time and spend a month out of the year in the Eastern Sierras. You can't see the whole road, but you can kind of feel 
when you're going the right way. Quick story. When we were coming back down from the, we, my wife and I, when we were coming back down from the summit of Mount Whitney, the tallest mountain in the continental United States, we were coming back in the dark. I had my headlamp on, she had my other headlamp on, and I could see, I know this path. We ran into a guy. He was telling me that I was on the wrong path. And I actually went off, off the path that was right to find him because I saw his headlamp off an area that would have gone off a cliff. Look, see that gesture? It would have gone off a cliff. You won't see it if you're listening. It was right near Lone Pine Lake on that boulder side. This is all granite face, giant, giant mountains. Uh, above 14,000 feet at the peak. He was going to go off, and I grab him, and he keeps telling me that I'm wrong. He's in his 60s. He just retired. And then when we get to a log crossing over a really full river, because it was a wet season, we're still all doing this in pitch black, he starts shaking, and I have to go back and have him hold on to my backpack, and I walk him across this log. Then all the way back, we had to talk to him because if not, he was nervous. He wasn't a nice guy. He wasn't a person who wanted to listen to our stories. And he interrupted what was a beautiful conversation my wife and I were having that was really good. But I got him off that path. The point of that story is I got him off that mountain, rather. He could not see the path at all. He thought he was in the right place, would have gone off a cliff. I knew the path based on doing it many times but also because I'm a guy who's been in the mountains since I was a child. So when I'm talking about my film journey, I have been in and around the business for 20 years. I know I am closer than ever because I've had a film screened. I've been a, what do you call it, special selected film for festivals. The one that gets screened in their main theater, Theater One at the Lemley in Santa Clarita. Most of the films are online, and out of the thousands of films that submitted, only a handful actually got screened, and almost none of them got screened in the big theater. So I had that. That's a big win. I've won awards for my writing that came with a, you know, with a, <laughs> with a financial reward. And people who matter, the writer of the original Top Gun, uh, the head of the screenwriting department at USC, have talked about how good I am at directing and writing. But I don't feel that. I think there are coins in the jar of resolve, not motivation. Motivation is hard because motivation is a wave. And if I relied on motivation to continue, I would not be able to go every day. But every day this year in 2022, Gina and I have worked either on our production company studios, which is this office, and the, and the yard, the outdoor space so we can have screenings, or we were writing, shooting, or editing. Every day, 10 hours a day. And it paid us nothing. And it's easy to be discouraged. If you listen to the, you know, the 133, you know that I'm aware of this, that I can, when I'm feeling good, when I'm fed, when I'm not tired or sick, I can rationally say, Okay, Jet, well, this is the truth of the matter, and then this is your distortion. Not so easy to do when you're in the middle of the mountains, and you have no map. And like that guy, I, I don't want to say saved, but helped get off the mountain. It's hard to see where you're going to end up, even though you have a pretty good idea of the terrain. But... It's the fuel of 
what you have accomplished and the desire to do more that propels you in what I'm doing. I have no mentors. I have no fans. Every day I work on Gina's Instagram to boost her ability to be a model and an actress. I do that when I wake up at 5 till about 11. And then, now when I say that, she's still writing all the copy and interacting with people, but I do the pictures, the photo retouch, mostly just lighting. And then I work on making movies, editing mostly for our big projects. It's in a vacuum. There's no one to see it. Remember, this is episode 00 simply because I'm introducing the format of the new show. That's it. Not new show. <laughs> it's not new Coke. The show reviewing where I was and where I am now. Last year at this time, I felt nostalgic for the moment. I had accomplished a lot and I had the paperwork to show it. Graduated from the college. Had all these film awards and uh, could hang it on the wall. This year, I don't have that. And this year did not give me the kind of tangible, but that's bullshit because I'm in the office that didn't exist before. I'm just having a hard time contextualizing um, my reality. Yeah, it's a distortion field. Is it depression? I don't want you to think that since you've been away from the show, it's been a year of hiatus that I am worse off than I was. I'm not. I'm less fortunate in one really insubstantial, obvious place, and that's money. And it seems that we always focus on the thing that we are suffering in, right? And I think the reason for that is the human computer is not going to focus on what's right. Checklist. You're doing this. You're not in horrible shape. You don't have to go to the hospital. I've had years where my blood cell count was bad. I've had years where I lost my mind and had to come back from that. Years and years and years. There's going to be a documentary called Am I Here that has been seen by mental health professionals and screened once. I'm going to put that on jetdownlap.com at some point. And when I do, you'll be able to see that mental breakdown I had. Again, that's not really what it was. They thought it was a clashing of medications that I'm on, that I've been on for a long time. Not through myself. I didn't do anything. I wasn't trying to end my life. It was just something that happened. If you listen to the old show, you'll, uh, you'll know it. I keep calling it the old show. So I'm in a good place. <laughs> do you believe me? It's never over. If I don't lift weights, if I don't run... I don't do something at the gym. I messed up in the head. I think I went away from that at the end of the last series of the show because enough distractions that were positive made it so that when I felt that I didn't think the audience needed to know that. I talked about beating depression. <laughs> that was me throwing my fists. And I think I did in the sense that every time I feel depression, I try and counter it like when I had the desire to drink. I'm five years sober now. I had the impulse to drink, just like when I smoked. You know, we're talking about my teens. The chemical impulse would hit me, and I'd have that dopamine desire, and I'd say, you're not going to drink. 
I said that enough times that the habit wore off. Here's where depression is a buggery boo. And I get hung up on things like the word depression has a whole theatrical movie, TV, novelistic idea, and we fall victim to that. So I was trying to get rid of that because I didn't want to think that it was chronic. Here is the truth of it for me. It happens to me whether I wanted to, to whether I wanted to or not. It happens to me when I'm working. And if I don't daily exercise it, just like your body, you don't hit a point in fitness where you can go, I am the fittest I've ever been. It's going to stay this way. You know, you've leveled up, which is a stupid thing to say because leveling up is ridiculous. I've never thought of this, but you never level up in life. I'm a bottle away from being a drinker again. I'm, during the holidays, I've eaten a lot of, what is it? Caramel? <laughs> Caramel popcorn? I put on weight. And that's because I didn't level up in fitness. Two years ago, I was running the fastest mile I've ever run in my life. I couldn't do that now. Yesterday, I ran a mile. There was no leveling up. It's an illusion based on video games. There's no save game. I think this new show is going to be incredible. Yeah, there it is. It's going to be unique in a way that I've never seen a show. Yeah. I'm going to talk to my old self and not in the, uh, what they used to call multiple personality disorder. I'm going to listen to Jet when he had a giant beard, the cover of the show at the time I'm recording this. He was sad. He was looking at, Jesus, four years of fixing his world. And it wasn't that drinking destroyed my world. It was that I had to take a clear lens, sober look at my life like I hadn't even done in the other five years that I've been sober and say, I've never done stand-up. Why? I've never written a screenplay. Why? I don't have a movie in theaters. Why? And all the answers were, they won't let me. I've done all those things. I haven't graduated college. Why? I've done all those things. This was a playroom. This was here, let me see, for those of you who are watching it at uh, this office. This office was, and I'm showing the rock wall, the beautiful holiday tree or Christmas tree for those of you uh, who celebrate that. This office was a tiny playhouse where the roof was about three feet off the ground. We expanded it. We modified it and we let's get the center here on the picture now it's this incredible office my dream office in the sense that i always wanted an inside out room the rock wall being in here this could never have happened if i hadn't done all the work but it was work and then i get mad when i listen to podcast dax shepherd i met him he has my life but he's dax shepherd and what I mean by that is he has, does, and is the things I want and have worked for for 20 years and he had it much younger. So I can relate to these people on a level up to a point. And then they had the exact same experiences where they met someone and that person introduced to him another person and then that turned into a thing. And I had that, but my thing didn't turn into success in this business. Now are you thinking, Jed, I'm depressed enough without you. It's, you know, the end of the year and I have to get in shape. I don't need your sad sack story. Well, that's mean. 
you know, he could be nicer. Clearly, I'm a sad guy. <laughs> I don't look cute. I can't pull that up. <laughs> that was me looking coy. I've done things that people will die wishing they had. I had no perspective because I only know me. And I've been branching out and making friends again. Friends I had in the past, but friends I haven't seen or talked to for five years. I have those scripts. I had none. And now I have a stack that could hit my knee if I printed them all out. My movie was in theaters. I graduated top of my class. Because you don't level up, those are spikes. That's why motivation never works. I hear those things, but my drive doesn't allow me to feel them. And since I've been sober, I can intellectually understand the reality of those phenomenon. Does that sound clinical? But I have to exert some kind of, I have to get my heart rate up. I have to get those endorphins and dopamine going because the way I was built, I didn't build me. I built me, but I didn't create the robot and the firmware. I have the software ability, right? I'm better than I ever have, and I know that a year from now, everything will change. Speaking to you, Jet, end of 2023, beginning of 2024, you'll have the money, you'll have the show, the movie. Gina will be on billboards, she'll be in magazines. She'll be successful in ways you always dreamed she could, but was afraid would never happen. Why is she so important to me? I've known her since she was a kid. When we first met, she had a horrible medical thing happen to her where the doctors did exploratory surgery on her that was unnecessary and they cut an eight-inch incision in her stomach. And I saw her in the hospital and her parents who are immigrants didn't know what to do and I took over and I was just a kid and she was just a kid and I've been taking care of her ever since. Codependent? No. I don't buy it. I can hear you in my head. We're very good friends. We love each other. Well, I love her. I shouldn't speak for her. I love her more now than I did before when we first met. Digress. Neil digress Tyson there. I say that because next year will be everything I wanted. I'll have the connections, the friends, the I'll be in the rooms where I'm supposed to be where I can get maximum exposure for my art and for my message. Because the only reason I'm doing this is not to talk to be out the only reason I'm doing this is not to talk about me and my wife and all that stuff. It's for the seldom heard comments from people where they say, your show saved me. I've listened to your show four times. And what I mean by that is they listen to all 133 episodes four times. I get emails like that. And it's not from a lot of people. I think most people, when it comes to personal shows like this, they don't brag about listening. But then some family members I haven't seen in years, one of my cousins said, Hey, I got cut off there. I guess that's my light at the end of the episode because I ran out of memory on my phone. But uh, I hope you liked it. All I was going to say was that my cousin had a friend who ended up listening to my podcast because my brother, when he was in Boston, put a sticker at my podcast on the wall. So I never know who I'm affecting or what I'm doing. I've already watched this episode and I think it's got something special. 
and I have no idea why I'm ending it like a floating head, but I just happen to be in bed right now. And uh, I didn't want to have the episode end without it being on the same day. I don't know why, but that's how I feel. So sorry if this looks like I'm the Wizard of Oz, but uh, I want to be able to end it the same day. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.